0: During the Civil War, when some of Lincoln's friends were denouncing his bitter enemies, Lincoln said, You have more of a feeling of personal resentment than I have. Perhaps I have too little of it, but I never thought it paid. A man doesn't have the time to spend half his life in quarrels. If any man ceases to attack me, I never remember the past against him. I wish an old aunt of mine, Hunt Edith, had had Lincoln's forgiving spirit. She and Uncle Frank lived in a mortgaged farm that was infested with cocklebirds and cursed with poor soil and ditches. They had tough gold, had to squeeze every nickel. But Aunt Edith loved to buy a few curtains and every small item to brighten up their bare home. She bought these small luxuries and credit at Dan Eversole's tricot store in Maryville, Missouri. Uncle Frank worried about their debts. He had a farmer's horror of running up bills, so he secretly told Dan Eversold to stop letting his wife buy on credit. When she heard that, she hit the roof, and she was still hitting the roof about it almost 50 years after it had happened. I have heard her tell the story, not once, but many times. The last time I ever saw her, she was in her late 70s. I said to her, on edit uncle frank did wrong to humiliate you but don't you honestly feel that you're complaining about it almost half a century after it happened is infinitely worse than what he did might as well have said it to the moon aunt Edith paid dearly for the grudges and bitter memories that she nourished she paid for them with her own peace of mind when benjamin franklin was seven years old he made a mistake that he remembered for 70 years when he was a lad of seven he fell in love with a whistle was so excited about it that he went into the toy shop, piled all his coppers on the counter, and demanded the whistle without even asking its price. I then came home, he wrote to a friend 70 years later, and went whistling all over the house, much pleased with my whistle. But when his older brothers and sisters found out that he had paid far more for his whistle than he should have paid, they gave him the horse laugh, and as he said, I cried with vexation. Years later, when Franklin was a world-famous figure and ambassador to France, he still remembered that the fact that he had paid too much for his whistle had caused him more chagrin than the whistle gave him pleasure. But the lesson it taught Franklin was cheap in the end. As I grew up, his head, and came into the world and observed the actions of men I thought I met with many, very many, who gave too much for the whistle. In short, I conceive that a great part of the miseries of mankind are brought upon them by the false estimates they have made of the value of things, and by giving too much for their whistles. Gilbert and Sullivan paid too much for their whistle. So did Anne Edith. So did Dale Carnegie on many occasions. And so did the immortal Leo Tolstoy, author of two of the world's greatest novels, War and Peace and Anna Karenina. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, Leo Tolstoy was, during the last 20 years of his life, probably the most venerated man in the whole world. For 20 years before he died, from 1890 to 1910, an unending stream of admirers made pilgrimages to his home in order to catch a glimpse of his face, to hear the sound of his voice, or even touch the hem of his garment. Every sentence he uttered was taken down in a notebook, almost as if it were a divine revelation. But when it came to living, to ordinary living, well, Tolstoy had even less sense at 70 than Franklin had at seven. He had no sense at all. Here's what I mean. Tolstoy married a girl who loved very dearly. In fact, they were so happy together that they used to get on their knees and pray to God to let them continue their lives. Such sheer heavenly ecstasy! But the girl Tolstoy Mary was jealous by nature. She used to dress herself up as a peasant and spy on his movements, even out of the woods. They had fearful rows. She became so jealous, even of her own children, that she grabbed a gun and shot a hole in her daughter's photograph. She even rolled on the floor with an opium bottle held to her lips and threatened to commit suicide, while the children huddled in a corner of the room and screamed with terror. And what did Tolstoy do? Well, I don't blame the man for up and smashing the furniture. He had good provocation. But he did far worse than that. He kept a private diary. Yes, a diary in which he placed all the blame on his wife. That was his whistle. He was determined to make sure that coming generations would exonerate him and put the blame on his wife. And what did his wife do in answer to this? Why she tore pages out of his diary and burned them, of course. She started a diary of her own in which she made him the villain. She even wrote a novel entitled, Whose Fault?, in which she depicted her husband as a household fiend and herself as a martyr. All to what end? Why did these two people turn the only home they had into what Tolstoy himself called a lunatic asylum? Obviously, there were several reasons. One of those reasons was their burning desire to impress you and me. Yes, we are the posterity whose opinion they were worried about. Do we give a hoot in Hades about which one was to blame? No, we are too concerned with our own problems to waste a minute thinking about the Tolstoys. What a price these two wretched people paid for their whistle. 50 years of living in a veritable hell just because neither of them had the sense to say, "Stop." because neither of them had enough judgment of values to say let's put a stop-loss order on this thing instantly we are squandering our lives let's say enough now yes, I honestly believe that this is one of the greatest secrets the true peace of mind a decent sense of values and I believe we could annihilate 50% of all our worries at once if we would develop a sort of private goals together a gold standard of what things are worth to us in terms of our lives. So, to break the worry habit before it breaks you, here is rule 5. Whenever we are tempted to throw good money after bad in terms of human living, let's stop and ask ourselves these three questions. Number 1. How much does this thing I am worrying about really matter to me? 2. At what point shall I set a stop-loss order on this worry? And forget it. Exactly how much shall I pay for this whistle? Have I already paid more than it is worth?